And what is up, folks? My name is Doug McCain. Welcome to the Get More Sports Podcast. You're listening to Episode 4, where we're going to break down the NBA Finals. I'm going to give you six reasons why the Raptors can bring the championship back to the six, back to Toronto. And then we're going to break out some baseball for the first time here on the Get More Sports Podcast. It's Memorial Day weekend. That's when you really, really start to get those baseball season feels. Only a few more weeks of the NBA. And then baseball has the stage up until the fall classic. So we're going to break out some baseball, talk about Cody Bellinger and his great season, his MVP season so far. But first, we're going to start in Toronto where the Raptors, they win game six on their home court. They advance to the first NBA Finals in their 24-year franchise history. He hits one of two. Toronto Raptors, 24-year history. They will be headed to the NBA Finals. Milwaukee just took a timeout. And the Raptors will go up against the two-time defending champion Golden State Warriors. And the Raptors have done it. And really the story was Kawhi Leonard once again. I'm starting to think that KL stands for Kawhi's League because... He beats the he beats Philly in that game seven first ever walk off buzzer beater in a game seven in league history. He follows that up by not having home court advantage against the top team in the NBA that had won sixty games, a team that has the MVP this season in Giannis Antetokounmpo. They win back to back to back to back. Like his diss track against Meek Mill. I told you I'm calling him Meek Milwaukee because Toronto wins the series and it was on the back of Kawhi Leonard. The claw was big again. He had 27 points, 17 rebounds, and 7 assists. And he was huge when it counted. With the Raptors trailing 72-58 to with 3.46 to play in the third, Leonard scored or assisted on 12 of Toronto's 13 to close the quarter. The only point he was involved in was a free throw by Norman Powell. So I hate the cliche, oh, he wants it more. But when you grab down 17 rebounds in a closeout game and one of those rebounds is on your own missed free throw in the third quarter, I'm sorry, Kawhi Leonard was on man on a mission to bring the Raptors to the NBA Finals. So Kawhi Leonard, monster night, and really the Bucks. we talked about it last episode, they're not going to be a team that can beat a Warriors squad or even now, obviously, a Raptor squad, unless they're able to get more shooting on the perimeter. That includes Giannis developing a little bit of a shot to keep him honest. And that means signing guys that can make shots. Because that first half, the Bucks had the Raptors where they wanted them. They had that 15-point lead, and it looked like we're going to be heading back to Milwaukee for Game 7 But then they got really cold. So Giannis, he went one for three after that. Middleton hit two of four. Everyone else on Milwaukee, 0 for nine. So you're not hitting threes. You're probably not going to close out games in the NBA in 2019. And the Bucs learned that the hard 
way. So tough turnaround. You go and play the Warriors. And despite everything the Raptors have shown us, despite having home court advantage, Vegas, the wise guys out in Sin City, they're giving the Warriors a huge advantage. They have the Warriors as heavy, heavy favorites. They're at minus 300 heading into the game on Thursday. 538, they give them 59% chance to beat the Warriors. And I'm going to give you my prediction on who I think is going to win in just a second. But before we do that, I just want to say one more thought on game six. If you saw after the game, Kawhi Leonard and Giannis couldn't be, they were polar opposites, all right? Kawhi Leonard, and, you know, of course, it's easier when you win, right? But if you just look at this series in general, you got Kawhi Leonard not just answering reporters' questions, something that in years past he's really not liked doing. He's answering them in Mandarin. He's something to accomplish there. A win. Um, you know, that's what we go out here and play for is to get a win. And, you know, it's your first time being our camera, especially facing all the Chinese fans, which you don't ready to do. So is there any words you'd like to say to all the fans, especially the way that you play in the record? Ni hao. Thank you. Yes, that's high. He's doing it in foreign languages, and after the game, Giannis walked out. He straight up ditched the press conference after he got a question about whether or not this game was going to impact him re-signing with Milwaukee long-term, and the Greek freak, he said, I'm out. He ditched the press conference. It was awkward. Middleton had to finish the question. Um, at this point you know sometimes it takes experience i'm wondering if now that you have some of that experience if you see more validity to that point or what you think about that now that you've gone through it just about experience uh i mean and and i'm just saying my man greek freak Giannis. i've already said you know He's one of my favorite players in the NBA. He's really been the golden boy for the NBA. You can tell they're already starting to market him and bill him as the next, you know, LeBron in the East. Someone who's going to be a potential face of the NBA. And you can't be doing that. You got to sit there. You got to answer the questions. Even if it's something you don't want to hear like that, don't be Cam Newton, right? Don't be... Cam Newton, he's the same thing. He won the MVP that year with Carolina, and after the Super Bowl loss, he didn't answer questions, and it's not a good look. Sit there. You got to take the heat, win, lose, or draw, and you flip that to, to Kawhi, who goes from a guy who's not answering any, you know, he doesn't like answering questions, to a guy who's, you know, he's got a little, a little sense of humor that you see in there, answering questions in other languages, and that's something you'd like to see. So, Greek freak, a little misstep. Don't let it happen again. You got to own it. But now I'm going to give you guys six reasons. So, we know Drake, he calls it the six. By the way, a lot of people are asking me, why was, what was up with that sweatshirt with the Kawhi Mia River? Hey, man, you didn't see that above the, re- above the rim reference? I never did get that right. It's funny what you do pick up, though. 
defense. That was Tupac sweatshirt and above the rim. Say what you want about Drake. You know, he put the people were clowning him for putting the do rat, you know, the black bandana on the championship hat. But hey, man, it's a it's an homage, it's a tasteful homage to Tupac and the above the rim movie. Love that movie. So six reasons why the Raptors can bring the title back to the six. Number one, their defense is special. Okay. I don't agree with this, this, this Vegas favorite odds, these Vegas odds that have the Warriors as huge favorites. So if you're going to pull these upsets and beat a team that is this big of a favorite, like the 2004 Lakers, a team that had Kobe, Shaq, Gary Payton, Carl Malone, right? They had serious firepower coming out of the West, and they were a huge favorite. They had home court advantage. How did the Pistons do it? They did it with defense. You had Ben Wallace, who had the three straight defensive players of the year. You had Tayshawn Prince's length making things tough for Kobe Bryant. You, Rip Hamilton, part of his defense was his offense, running all around, getting guys tired out there. And the Raptors have an, a historically great defense. Look what they did. They just shut down two of the most potent offenses in the NBA. They shut down the Sixers. They made them look pedestrian. And then look what they did against the Bucks and Giannis. So the, part of the reason why they do what they do at such a high level is not only do you have you know, the best perimeter defender in the NBA since Scottie Pippen, but also the way they rotate, the way they can switch one through five. You have guys like a Pascal Siakam that can guard one through five and he can make things difficult on guys like Draymond Green, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and then if Kevin Durant comes back, he has the height to move with him. So look for Pascal Siakam in this series. If he's on his game on defense, that's a good sign for the Raptors. And I really like their speed, their versatility to try to neutralize this potent Warriors offense. So another thing, too, not just do they have good defenders, their tactics really fit. Like, look what they did. They know how to – what their strategy is. They like to swarm at you. And then if you get the ball out, they rotate back quickly. Giannis got the ball up half court. They swarmed him, got the ball out of his hands, and they were able to, to get back and guard shooters. Now, this is a different animal. This is the toughest test that they'll have to face in Golden State. And Clay and Steph, they only need a blink of an eye to get a shot off. But they do have the personnel and they do have the strategy to make things difficult against this Warriors offense. So in the five years that the Warriors have got to these consecutive finals, this is far and away the toughest defense that they're going to face. And they start on the road. So don't don't uh, discredit that. They're on the road. They don't have home field, home court advantage and it's going to be a major factor heading into the series. So they're, they're really solid on defense. Number two, the status of Durant and Boogie. So Kevin Durant is not playing game one. I doubt he's going to play game two. He hasn't even stepped on the court yet, and he's just doing rehab stuff. He hasn't done anything physical as far as practicing goes, and he's a guy that when he gets back, He's a shooter. Shooters shoot, and KD's going to need the ball in his hands, and he's going to need to get some volume up before he 
gets back to being a finals MVP like he was last year. And then you have Boogie Cousins, who he comes back off that ruptured quad, and you know he's going to be pressing not only to get paid because he's a free agent next year in the offseason, but also this will be the biggest game that Boogie Cousins has played in his entire career. So with that said, that's a factor at number two, the status of Boogie. Then, of course, number three, you have that depth. The Raptors can bring eight, nine guys at you from one through nine, and they're probably going to get OG and Anubi back for this series, which will give them even more depth. And you also got to love the depth of the front line. They can beat you up down low with Gasol, with Serge Ibaka, with Siakam. And then on the perimeter, you got Norman Powell, who had a breakout conference finals. Van Vliet, who's come alive. Danny Green, like I said, he's due for some major mean regression in the finals. And you got to love that depth. You're going against a four-headed monster, a top-heavy team like Golden State. And the way to try to neutralize that is get guys that can give you valuable minutes off the bench. And Toronto has proven they have guys they can trust who can make plays, and if they're not shooting, can still commit on the defensive side of the ball. And you got to love that depth, especially games 5, 6, and 7, when they're grinding out games. You need those unsung heroes, those guys that are going to come out. The Van Vliet's in game 5. Someone else that can step up other than Kyle Lowry, other than Kawhi Leonard. And Toronto has those guys at their disposal. So I love the depth of the Raptors. They showed me something in that Buck series. So take a look at that as the series progresses towards the latter half, the latter parts of this series, the depth of the Toronto Raptors. And coming in at number four, this is probably the most important reason. Number two, Kawhi Leonard. He's close... And coming in at number two, and coming in at number four, this is probably the most important reason, the biggest reason why I think the Raptors have a really good shot to beat the Warriors in the NBA Finals. Number two, Kawhi Leonard. The claw is closing in on being the best player in this league. And if he's able to do something that LeBron James wasn't with Kyrie as a sidekick, then you got to give him that title. He's earned it at that point. I mean, Kawhi Leonard, Kyle Lowry's nice, but there's no other top 20 player on the Toronto Raptors team. LeBron couldn't do it with Kyrie Irving. He couldn't do it with Kevin Love. And if Kawhi's able to knock them off, you got to give him that title. He's earned it at that point. This is a guy who hit the first walk-off shot in NBA playoff history. He's apparently looking for more endorsement deals. Maybe he should get a deal with Kleenex because he put JoJo in tears, right? This is a guy who just dominated the MVP in the last series and beat them four straight. So Kawhi Leonard, he is on a historic run. Ten times he scored over 30 points in this ser- in this postseason. That's the that's an exclusive club. That's an elite club. I'll give you a list of guys who have done that. Kobe Bryant did it in 2010. King James did it in 2012. KD did it in 2014. LeBron did it in 2015, 17, 18, and Kawhi this year. What do all those players have in common? They were the best player on the floor for their team. And the NBA, you got five players out there. When you have the best player on the court, you give yourself 
a great shot at closing out because the ball's going to be in your hands. And Kawhi, he's not just a great player. He's a clutch player on both sides of the floor, and that's why he's so special. He'll lock you up on defense. He'll, he'll get you clutch shots, hit threes on offense, and he's got some unfinished business with the Warriors. He had his Spurs up 21 points with under eight minutes to go in the third quarter of game one back in 2017 before Zaza Pachulia. Shot clock at eight. Aldrich pushing off on Pachulia. Leonard fires from the corner. And Leonard goes down again. And he's in pain again in front of the Spurs bench. Will Sevening, the longtime athletic trainer for all the Spurs, checking on him. The crowd reacting to the replay of that call on the big screen. And Leonard gingerly getting up. Again, that's, that's what they call all the time when you get your feet into the landing space of the shooter. That ankle taking a pounding here in the third quarter, one that was already sore. And then Green fouls to get Leonard out of the game. Again, he had to shoot the free throws to stay in it in case he wants to return. But he's going to walk over to the bench. I don't like that foul by Danny Green. I think you need to sub. If you're going to take a foul, put a guy who's not going to play in on the free throw so that when you throw it in, you don't have one of your better players taking an unnecessary foul. And that's his third foul. Who is your creator offensively if you're San Antonio? Whether it was a dirty play or he's just clumsy as hell, that sideline Kawhi Leonard, and we didn't see him again in that series, but he hits those free throws. The Spurs are up 23 in game one. They're probably going to win game one, and who knows? Maybe they knock off the Warriors back then, and the you know NBA history has changed forever. So don't think that Kawhi Leonard – doesn't remember that and doesn't want to get a little bit of revenge against the Warriors. So he's got unfinished business. Number five, home court advantage. So the Raptors, they earn home court advantage by finishing with a 58 and 24 record. Second to only the Bucks, who they just won four games against. And in the NBA, home court matters. More than any other sport, home court advantage is important in the NBA. Through NBA history, 60% of teams to have won their regular season games at home, and that jumps up to 65 in the playoffs. So the home court's going to be big, and they start right at Scotiabank, and they're going to have four solid days off. Um, and then what I think is it's going to go seven. I think the Raptors are going to stretch this to seven games, and if that's the case... In the last 10 years, 75% of teams in the playoffs have won that home game at home. So having Game 7 at home is big. It wasn't big for the Warriors who lost to the Cavs in Game 7 a few years ago. But the Raptors being at home with that electric crowd, you got the Drake effect in the, on the sidelines. You got 20,000 outside. That energy for the Raptors is going to be huge. And if they're able to stretch it, that's going to be a factor. I like them at home if it gets to a game seven. 
And number six, the sixth reason why I think they can bring the Larry O'Brien back to Toronto is I think we need to put an end to the Drake curse, and I think we need to put an end to the Barkley curse. So right after the game, Charles Barkley, who had picked the Bucks to beat the Warriors, he switched that to the Raptors. So- His career on the fifth. Yeah. He just wants to win, and there's never and any the offensive rebound yeah, down the, the stretch. Yeah, off and, the and, and, there's never and he always drama. makes the right play. And, and what's going to be interesting, Ernie, he got a long time to get healthy. They don't play to Thursday. Right. He's going to be a lot because we and talk. A, and they're not traveling. They're not traveling. But to answer your question, go ahead. No, go ahead. Answer your question. I'm taking the Toronto Raptors. Okay. Well, okay, I got you. Uh, by the way. So Barkley, this is a guy who has admitted he's lost like $10 million as a gambler, right, in Vegas. He's a, he's a, a perpetual, he's a degenerate gambler, as they say. And he's got the Raptors winning. And then you have Drake, who every team he supports, every time he wears merchandise of that team, they seem to go on and lose. And I think that those curses end with the Raptors win in this series. Barkley, he hasn't fared well with his predictions. And Drake, he's been historically bad with his predictions. And I think the only way for that to end is his team – his team, who he's the global ambassador, the Toronto Raptors. You know, he bandwagons on a lot of teams, right? He was repping Alabama, they lost. Kentucky, they lost. But if he's if his Toronto Raptors win, that's the end. That'd be like if the Red Sox traded back for Babe Ruth and Babe Ruth hit a, a World Series walk-off home run for the Red Sox. Or if the Cubs allowed Bartman to walk in to ride in the stadium on a billy goat to throw out the first pitch. That's how you obliterate curses. And if the Raptors win, the Drake curse is over. The Barkley curse is over. It's time for a new curse. And that's why, say what you want, you got most people picking the Warriors. I'm going, I'm telling you right now that the Warriors are going down. The Warriors are going to be upset by the Toronto Raptors. It's going to happen in seven games. And I'm not going to toot my own horn, but I'm the same guy who had the Cavs beating the Warriors in Game 7 of the Finals back in 2016. So, so you know, a few years back. So I'm the, I, I picked that. I got a strong feeling there, and I got a strong feeling that the Raptors are going to beat the Warriors. It's going to happen. People are going to be touting this as one of the biggest upsets in NBA, in sports history. And it's going to happen. Mark my words. If you want to win some money, that's on you. But the Raptors, they are going to defeat the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals. And that's how it's going down. So switching to baseball. Baseball is in full swing. Like I said, Memorial Day, that's when you really start getting those baseball feels. NBA is going to end. Baseball is going to get center stage all by themselves. And we need to take notice, if you have not recognized the greatness of Cody Bellinger for the Los Angeles Dodgers, you need to. Cody Bellinger, he's the best player in baseball. It's not a small sample size. We're at 50 games. Cody Bellinger is showing no signs of slowing down anytime soon. He's a student of the game. He made the adjustments after an off year last year, a a sophomore campaign where his home runs dropped from 39 to 25. 
he put in the work, and he's playing like an MVP. And I just want to point out, like I said, Major League Baseball, if you got to reshoot those promos, if you have to print more jerseys, you need to feature Cody Bellinger. Put him up there with the Bryce Harpers, the Christian Yelichs. He plays for the L.A. Dodgers, a flagship franchise. And you need to do what you need to do. Put him on more features and get Cody Bellinger out there because he is a superstar and he has delivered in a major way for the Dodgers this year. And with the Dodgers... You know, after they didn't sign Bryce Harper, we know how that fiasco all went down. You heard all the things about the Brinks truck with the Dodgers. You know, they had that guy with the Brinks truck when the Dodgers went to visit him in Vegas. They visited him multiple times. A lot of people said they were going to offer him something in the ballpark of five years, 225. And when that didn't happen and he signed that deal with Philly, the LA Times' Bill Plasky. This guy lost his mind. He was it was like it was the end of the world for the Dodgers. The headline, Dodgers whiff on Bryce Harper and a chance to solidify a franchise for decades. For a decade. Quote, they had a chance to lock up a charismatic 26-year-old slugger who could be the swaggering face of the franchise for the next decade. They flew to his Las Vegas home this week in what appeared to be a successful attempt to convince him in their charms. It seemed like Harper was all but begging to come to Los Angeles. The Dodgers blinked, and now you have to question what exactly are they looking at? And uh, my answer to uh, Bill Plasky is they're looking at Cody Bellinger, a guy who plays heavy right field, a guy who has been superior to Bryce Harper in every single category this year. So I'll show you a list of categories where Cody Bellinger leads Major League Baseball. War, 4.9. Offensive war, 3.6. Batting average, 326, 386. On base percentage, 755. And a le- and the ever important OPS of one two of twelve twenty six, okay. That's straight raking. Runs scored forty seven, hits seventy one, total bases one thirty nine. We can go on and on. Win percentage eight eighty nine. Times on base one oh three. Now let's take a look at the categories that Bryce Harper leads in. Overall strikeouts with seventy three. So 73 overall strikeouts, and Bryce Harper, he's on average to to strike out 220 times this year. His batting average is down to 227, and really it comes down to he just can't hit fastballs. Against power pitchers, he's hitting 108. So he's whiffing against power guys, and Bryce Harper has not delivered. Last year, he slugged 800 against power pitchers, which was fourth amongst 140 qualified players. So Bryce Harper has not delivered. Cody Bellinger has exceeded expectations and has emerged into the best player in baseball. Um, Also, if you look at it too, the defense. Cody Bellinger is a true five-tool player. He's a guy who can beat out infield singles. He's a guy who can get on base just about every way. And on defense, he's got a great arm. He's a plus defender. And his defensive run save, if you look at him, if you compare him, 
Bryce Harper, right now, last year, he was a minus 26 in defensive run saves. He's a career three. And Cody Bellinger is superior in there, too, where he has a career defensive run save of 23. So not only is he better him at the plate, he's a better defender. And I think Bill Plasky realizes now what the Dodgers saw in Bellinger. I'm not ready to put Bellinger ahead of Mike Trout, who is still, in my opinion, the best player, the best position player in baseball. I mean, you got to give him credit for the consistency. Seven straight seasons of 900-plus OPS, four straight 170 OPS+, plus, and only two out of the seven seasons where his on-base percentage would dip below 400. So Mike Trout, he doesn't have a lot around him, and Bellinger benefits from having guys like Seager, Justin Turner, guys like now Alex Verdugo, uh, who are much better players surrounding him. And Mike Trout, you just got a feel for the guy. And look at the playoffs. Mike Trout has only appeared in three playoff games. Cody Bellinger has already played in 31 playoff games. So that big stage where the lights are bright, where you have those high leverage moments, Cody Bellinger's already done it 31 times. Mike Trout only three times. So Cody Bellinger's only 23 years old, and you got to believe that that experience will pay dividends later on in his career. He's played in back-to-back World Series, and Mike Trout has only played three division games. Not that it matters as far as how great of a player he is. He only bat uh, 83, 08, you know, 83 batting average in those games. So sometimes you're born into baseball royalty like the Los Angeles Dodgers, and sometimes you're, you know, I don't want to call it baseball hell with the Angels, more like baseball purgatory. They just can't get over the hump, and they can't get Mike Trout the players around him to have deep postseason success. I know that division is tough, but as far as moving forward, I think that Cody Bellinger has all the tools to make a run at eclipsing Mike Trout as the best player in baseball. I won't do it just yet because he hasn't done it as long as Mike Trout, but he's definitely, I, you give me the next 10 years, if I had to pick between Cody Bellinger and Bryce Harper, no brainer. You go with Cody Bellinger, who's just playing phenomenally. They're going to have to lock him up at some point, but definitely take note. Cody Bellinger, he's straight raking this year in an era where it's all about the long ball and the batting averages are low and strikeouts are up. He's made the batting average cool again. He's made the batting average something that you want to achieve. You want to be at disciplined at the plate. You want to get on base. And really, Cody Bellinger, I don't think he's a household name just yet. A lot of, the, a lot of people know Cody Bellinger is, don't get me wrong, but look for his career to take off And Cody Bellinger, the MVP of Major League Baseball. Take notice. Bill Plasky, you owe the Dodgers an apology. They're going to be just fine without Bryce Harper, especially with guys like Cody Bellinger. But that's going to do it for this episode of Get More Sports. Be sure to check us out Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Follow me on Twitter at DMAC underscore LA. Hope you're having a great Memorial Day weekend. And forget more sports, I'm out.